Well, some of the crowd are on the pitch. What's going on, everyone? This is Gary. This is Josh. We're going to talk soccer. All right, guys, today is Sunday, July 23rd of 2017. We are getting close to the opening day in the Premier League. So yes, we are. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff to cover. So we are going to spend an appropriate amount of time talking about each, but we promise not to make this podcast super, super long because we know you got some, some soccer to go watch too. Yeah, with all this soccer going on lately... It's can't really miss it. No, pretty amazing stuff. And if you haven't listened to it yet, please go back and listen to the episode that we posted just a few days ago, the interview with Bill Ford of Soccer in the Streets talking about the ATL Nations Cup, another very, very awesome fundraising event by that group here in the Atlanta, Georgia area. So please take a listen. And if you can, participate in any way that that you think is possible. So um, we do appreciate it. All right, we've got a list of stuff. We're going to bounce around the world of football here today. First up, congratulations to our hometown, Atlanta United, in what is now officially a rivalry against Orlando City. We, in fact, put a, a billboard up saying, Orlando, we come to conquer. Um, and... That sort of sort of sparked the rivalry. Yeah, it was I think a block or two away from <clears throat> from their stadium. Um, I love it. It's aggressive. It's uh, it's poking them a little bit, saying let's let's roll, let's do this, let's dance. And with <clears throat> being all cocky coming into this, <clears throat> we have to back it up with a performance. Absolutely. And we do come out with a one nil win. We do. Um, not. Not the best performance by other team, either team, I'll say, but uh, a couple of individuals had amazing performances, most notably for me, Brad Guzan in goal. It was his debut, yep. and he made some phenomenal saves. Former Premier League goalkeeper, also a goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team, and uh, his first start, his first game for Atlanta United, and... Had it not been for him, Orlando City would have had three, four goals at a minimum. And so, speaking of goals. In the 86th minute, Atlanta United's Villalba with a beautiful goal. He scored an amazing goal. Screamer. It was a rocket into the top right corner. Yep. So I think that puts us now comfortably in fourth place in the Eastern Conference, which is well within... The playoff race, top six teams make it to the playoffs. Uh, and if you look at conference compared to conference, the Eastern Conference just overall is a stronger conference, at least in terms of points, um, than the Western Conference is. So, um, you know, in a more competitive conference, a brand new team um, is, is putting on a show. Um, I think we only continue to get stronger from here. I think that that this performance, the fact what you said, we backed up um, our claims by winning away from home um, in Orlando, which is a phenomenal team. They've got Kaka um, leading the squad down there, and he had a pretty good game. Um, but we just we just look great. We look like a team that's been around for four or five years already. 
I mean, it's just going to keep getting better. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it does, and hopefully um, we we take all this momentum, all this cockiness, uh, this confidence, whatever you want to call it, and especially the performances, take this into the playoffs, assuming that we make it. Just overall, I'm impressed with, you know, uh, if we had to give them a letter grade, A being the best, F being the worst, I would give them an A-, minus. I think, so far. How about you? Yeah, I'll probably give around that same grade. And they're doing great, not only um, not only just playing and playing well, but they're also getting their fan base involved. Yes. And we also have some amazing fans. Fans are amazing. It is. Um, the whole operation, um, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons NFL team, Arthur Blank, also owns Atlanta United. And this this team, their, their front office, the management, has done, in my opinion, an amazing job at in all aspects, uh, from getting the fans involved to having um, great community partnerships like with Soccer in the Streets, for instance, helping the Atlanta community to the marketing, um, the player development, the academy, their academy, I think their U15 boys team uh, won the national championship for development academies. I mean, it's just right now it's, it's hitting on all cylinders. It's impressive. So congratulations to Atlanta United. Keep up the good work, guys. On to another home team, uh, very much of sorts, and that is the U.S. men's national team. I know. Playing in the Gold Cup right now. Um, A win last night in the semifinals that puts us in the finals. Yeah, very happy with that. Uh, We sort of need to kind of figure out our team mm-hmm. going in because the World Cup is only a year away. Yeah. And we need to be in top form going into that. We still need to qualify. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, Altidore with the goal and also Dempsey with his 57th goal for uh, for the United States, which does level Landon Donovan. Yes, yeah, so uh, Dempsey is now tied with Landon for uh, most goals scored ever uh, for the U.S. men's national team. So congratulations to Clint, I know that he's getting most of the attention because of the accomplishment and what he's on the verge of doing. But Altidore's goal was lovely just as well. Um, you know, a great just sort of between the legs of the Costa, Rica, Costa Rican goalkeeper. Um, beautiful finish. And um, that's exactly what we needed. And, you know, just like Brad Guzan's performance um, for Atlanta United the other night, Tim Howard, uh, his U.S. teammate, uh, did an amazing job in goal for the U.S. last night as well. Coming up with some huge, you know, 50-50 balls. Had to go out and get them and did beautifully. Yeah, so once again, congratulations. And I think we can definitely go on and win this. We've got momentum. So it's uh, what the second semifinal is Mexico and Jamaica. Yes. So we'll find that out, I guess, later this evening. Um, and we'll know who we're going to take on in the finals. But um, congratulations to those guys. They've um, it was a bit of a rough start, I think, uh, early in the tournament during the knockout or during the uh, the bracket rounds um, and uh, the early rounds. And they've done a great job of uh, pulling it together. More soccer to talk about here on U.S. soil is the the ICC, the International Champions Cup is going on where teams from Europe come over and either have taken on uh, MLS teams 
or the majority are played against other European teams. Um, so we get to see the likes of Manchester United, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, uh, Man City come and play each other. Spurs is playing PSG. So top clubs from Europe, without question, the, some of the best in the world are coming here to play. So we thought maybe we'd just cover some general observations and some highlights thus far in the tournament. Um, the biggest one for you as a Man U fan is Lukaku makes his first appearances as a Manchester United player. So he his debut was against LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not score in that match. Had a couple opportunities. I thought he was going to score. Yeah. A bit disappointed with that, but he does make up for it in his next two matches. Mm-hmm. The first one being against Real Salt Lake. Okay, He's, of the MLS. He does score. Uh, he takes it around two or three people and then just finishes it. Yeah. It was a nice goal. Mm-hmm. And then moving on into the Manchester Derby, he does score the winning goal. Uh, it was a 50-50 between him and Ederson. And then he takes it around and finishes it nicely. So Yeah, that one stung a little bit for me since I am a City supporter. But, um, you know, I think, I guess, good for Lukaku. Speaking of City, we're going to go see them play Spurs up in Nashville, Tennessee, not too long from now. So I'm excited about that. Got my new Man City jersey. I think I'm even going to talk you into wearing a jersey (laughs) for them, even though I know it's going to be painful for you. Uh, so you already mentioned it. We had the Manchester Derby won by United 2-0. Um, it's nice to see all of the big names traveling. You've got Aguero, you've got Lukaku, you've got Gabriel Jesus. I mean, you've got David De Gea, you know, <clears throat> all these big names. Pogba. So it's it's great that it's not a, um, a watered-down squad or a bunch of reserves or subs coming in and playing. You get You get the big guys. Because that's what a lot of these fans come for. Absolutely. We don't want to see players, like, just in their B team or something. <clears throat> right. We want to see the big dogs, and it's, yeah. it's nice that they respond to that and do that. Absolutely. Uh, last night, on Saturday night, we had uh, Barcelona and Juventus playing. And Neymar, who we'll talk about in a couple of minutes, um, had the, the only two goals of the match, which put Barca up 2-0. Um, and he played well, and I think he's got some stuff that he's trying to prove out there. So, um, like a competitor does when he's trying to make a point, um, he rises above and has two lovely goals. Uh, speaking of lovely goals, Christian Eriksen, they played also yesterday down in Orlando against PSG and just had a bomb of a goal. If you haven't seen it yet, go on YouTube or any of the social media sites and just see he scores a screamer from far outside the box. Top bins, we like to call it. Top right-hand corner from very, very far out. Yeah. And, I mean, nothing, you can't complain about that. And then an upcoming match, which is a big one, of course, uh, especially if you are a Spanish football fan, El Clasico down in Miami uh, on the 29th, so next Saturday. Uh, Bale came out and said that Real Madrid, they are not going to take this lightly. And I think that's what we should expect from some competitors. I would hope so, too. Yeah, this is, you know, uh, regardless of what soil it's played on, which which patch of grass, um, it is, it's El Clasico. Yeah, and two biggest teams in the world yeah. taking on each other. Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch for sure. Okay, so there's been... 
a lot of activity going on during this summer transfer window. So let's let's hit on a bunch of it. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Neymar, who we just mentioned a second ago. We're going to um, talk about – it was a really cool article on OneFootball. We saw it in their app, uh, but it's also on their website about current-day transfer fees. So you look at – players of the past who transferred over, you know, from one club to another, another, and what the today's equivalent of that transfer fee would be. So taking into account inflation and other things, what would, what price tag would their transfer be if they were to do that exact transfer today? So we're going to look at that. And then we're going to go Premier League team by Premier League team and give them a rating of one to five. And talk about because there's been some teams with some very impressive activity, um, at least in my mind. But first, let's talk about Neymar. Okay. I didn't think this was a reality, but it seems like it's getting some traction. We saw reported last night that that apparently Neymar has agreed to personal terms with PSG. Um, now, here's the catch. Not only is, is Neymar expensive, but he has a release clause with Barcelona – that if a team wants to pursue him, it's 222 million euros, which is 199 million pounds, um, just to bring him to your team. That doesn't even include his wages. I mean, that would <clears throat> if this happens, that would be doubled the world record transfer. Yeah. Which, I mean, that is that's insane. Clearly, PSG have some money to spend because not only have they said that they want um, Neymar – but they also want Alexis Sanchez, who I'm also assuming isn't going to come cheaply. <clears throat> but let's talk about Neymar again for a minute, since this looks like it, it may happen. Um, in terms of personal wages, we've seen varying reports, but at a minimum, it seems that he will make – this is after tax. Neymar will make 30 or more million euros a year. Um, that's after tax. So um, – that's a lot of money to make. But also, when he signs his contract, if and when he signs his contract, he will get a signing bonus more than what his annual wages will be. So we're hearing 40-plus million euros in the signing bonus. So he stands to make over $70 million, um, after taxes just in football wages alone. I've also read that um, because of all the the different business interests that PSG ownership have um, around the world, that he will also uh, be in line to make money that way too. So he's he's being offered a lot of money. And that also brings up the question, is PSG – is he going – if this transfer happens, is he going because he wants to play or because of the money? Yeah, um, and I, I'm sure he wants to play. You and I had a long conversation about this. <clears throat> That's a lot of money. Now, this is not a bash against PSG, but they do not play in the most competitive league in the world. So you leave a team like Barcelona, and sure, Neymar is sometimes outshined by Messi and Suarez, um, <clears throat> but... They have a realistic chance each year of winning the Champions League, um, and and it's Barcelona. Um, it's that's a that is a about as storied 
um, and uh, cherished a, a soccer brand as there is in the world. Again, this is not anything against PSG. This is just – this is Barcelona <clears throat> we're talking about. So you know, if Neymar is truly looking for – to move to a team where he's top dog um, and there's no question about it and, and if he really wants to challenge himself against the best players in the world – I would just assume that he would want to make a move over to England um, and play in the Prem, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Maybe he wants that, and none of those teams are willing to pay that insane transfer clause, the release clause. <clears throat> but um, it, to me, it seems a little suspicious that, yes, this might be a little more about money <clears throat> um, and attention than it is about uh, that competitive fire. For sure. I mean, <clears throat> for, over four... Over 40 million euros just for a signing bonus. Just for your signature. Wouldn't that be nice? A 40 million euro signature. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I'm sure that uh, his teammates have talked to him about it and probably discouraged him. I believe that even um, Ronaldo came out and said, uh, you know, don't make the move yet. Hold off for a bit. So, um I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, or is this all a negotiating tactic? And um, Barcelona is going to step up to the plate and pay him a lot, a lot of money to stay. So um, anyway, slice it. I think it's going to be a very interesting thing to develop because this is, you know, the the Pogba transfer <clears throat> was insane, and now less than a year later, um, it's twice that. So, I mean, at what point does this stop? Because this is just crazy amounts of money. By the end of the transfer window, we're going to be looking at a one billion pound uh, transfer. Hopefully that'll be you. <laughs> that would be nice. In the world of a little more financial reality, let's go ahead and talk about transfers that are happening specifically over in the Premier League because there's been a lot of activity there. And we've also been discussing and we've had some great stuff on the Let's Talk Soccer Instagram page about um, which team people think in their minds um, have done the best so far. And certainly the the transfer window isn't over yet, um, but which team they think has made the best moves. And you got to think about it a little bit too in that each team isn't playing with the same amount of money here. Um, so, you know, some teams with lower budgets may have in relation to bigger clubs with bigger budgets may actually have been making a more productive uh, move in the transfer market just based on how much money they have. <clears throat> All right, Josh. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to we're going to go team by team. On the highlights of mostly transfers in, maybe the occasional transfer out, and then you are going to rank it on a scale of one to five, one being uh, dismal and five being excellent. All right, first up is Bournemouth. In comes Asmir Begovic, Jermaine Defoe, Nathan Ake, and Connor Mahoney. I would give them a four. I think because they're a very they're a pretty small club. Getting Begovic, Defoe, and Ake are all really good value transfers. You have an experienced goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. You have a, a very experienced striker that shows that he can score in the Prem. And you have a defender who was able to play at Chelsea, 
and uh, Bournemouth already know what they're getting of him because <clears throat> of his loan deal with them. Yep. I think those are all really good transfers. Yep, and I'm sure that they don't have a massive budget to play around with. So, um, yeah, I'd give them a three and a half or four maybe for them. Um, Arsenal. Not too many big moves coming in. We've got Kolasinic uh, coming from Schalke. And then, uh, of course, Lacazette. I would probably give him a three. Mm-hmm. They haven't... I know Lacazette is a good transfer. And he will probably score loads of goals for him. But it's not enough just to have one man. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with your three. Um, there's probably more to come. You know, Mbappe is still out there for the taking. It'll be interesting to see if anyone ends up claiming him. Um, it's been pretty quiet on that front. <clears throat> so um, I just don't know that Arsenal are going to pay what it what is required to bring him to the club. But we shall see. All right. Um, next up is Brighton and Hove Albion. Don't really know much about the players. I haven't done a whole lot of research on the players coming in. So maybe we'll just uh, give them a don't know. N-A. Right now. N-A. Same really for Burnley. They haven't made a whole lot of activity except they let Joey Barton go, which is probably a good idea, um, knowing that he's just pretty much nothing but trouble. And Paul Robinson retired. Oh, poor Paul. He was like 106, I think. (laughs) Um, Next up then is Chelsea. So coming in, we've got Willy Caballero. We've got Antonio Rudiger. Um, and we've got Alvaro Morata, which is um, the latest one coming in for them. What say you on that? Pretty big. I would give him a 3.5. Considering that Diego Costa will probably leave, Yeah. I think Morata is a good replacement. I think Willy Caballero, even though considering he looks about 100, mm-hmm. just like Paul Robinson, Yes. Uh, I think he's a good cup keeper, and it gives more depth because they will have Champions League this year. Yeah. So they need that depth considering... Begovic is gone. Uh-huh. And uh, I just think I just think the transfers are really solid for them. I do too. Um, yes, it'll be interesting to see what they're doing as far as um, Diego Costa goes. And and maybe they've been relatively quiet uh, for for them lately. So maybe they've got something brewing for Mbappe. Maybe they're doing some stuff sort of, you know, uh, discreetly to get him. So, so we'll see what happens there, but I think that they've got to make a huge move as far as a striker goes. Um, but yes, they've also released a lot of players. I mean, I'm looking at a list of at least 20 people and some notable names here. So, um, looks like they're cleaning house a bit. Um, for Crystal Palace, um, they've got a new manager coming in and Frank DeBeer. And then, um, most notably, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, which um, he's on loan, but um, a lot of people are putting him on their fantasy teams. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good transfer, and the only downside is they got rid of their keeper, Steve Mandanda. He's going yep. back to Marseille, and I think that could be a bit of a letdown for them. Yeah, I agree with that. So what are you saying uh, score-wise for them? I would give them about a three. Okay. Okay. Next up, Everton. So this was one of those teams where on sort of the the conversation that was going on on our Instagram page, <clears throat> a lot of people named Everton as one of those teams that's doing really, really well. So let's go through the list. They've got a lot of people coming in. Uh, Jordan Pickford, Davy Clausen. We've got Sandro Ramirez, Michael Keane, uh, Wayne Rooney. You might have heard of him. Those are 
some of the more notable names. Um, and they've actually got a lot of players leaving, too. Lukaku, of course. You know Tom Cleverley's gone. So they've got Delefeu. Um, so they've they've got a lot coming in and a lot going out. What do you think of Everton? They they seem to be aggressive. I I really like the transfers they brought in. Mm-hmm. I would give them probably a four for all the transfers. Okay. I think Wayne Rooney's a pretty good transfer. I think so. I think he's going to surprise some people this season. Uh, and for out, uh, that's the real. That's sort of a letdown for them. Yeah. I would probably bring their grade down to a three point five just mm-hmm. because of the people they've left. Okay. Yeah, I'd give them a, a four, uh, maybe four and a quarter. I do think um, it's nice to see a team, you know, teams that are sort of, you know, the the lower half of, of the, the lower end of the top half of the table. So, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth place, um, you know, somewhere around there. So I guess from mid to, you know, from, from six down to ten. Those are the clubs that have to make a decision of um, are we just breeding players to sell and is this a cash business or are we looking to actually um, compete? And transfers like what Everton has done, and, and we'll get to West Ham later, but that tells me they want to compete. Yes. You know? um, and I like that. All right. Uh, next up is Huddersfield Town. Again, not a lot of names that are familiar except for Tom Ince coming from Derby County. Um, so really can't, I don't think give a fair, uh, grade on them, but it's nice to see them. You know, they, they need to make moves. They've, they're coming into a brand new league and I'm sure they don't want to just stay for a year and then have to go back. So, um, and of course they don't have the, the big budgets that the established teams do. Next up, we've got Leicester city. <clears throat> They've been pretty quiet. Uh, Vincente Abora from Sevilla, Harry Maguire from Hull, um, and Jack Povich from Hull also coming in. Um, surprisingly, Vardy is still there and Mares are still there, but I don't know how much longer they'll be around. Um, I could actually see Vardy wearing a Chelsea jersey, maybe, at some point. So what do you think about Leicester City's? What, what rank do you give them grade? Uh, I'd probably give them a... Probably like a 2.5, honestly. Yeah. These transfers aren't very massive, and no. Djokovic is a pretty good goalkeeper. Yes. But there you have Casper Schmeichel. Yeah. I would probably even give them a 2, um, quite honestly. All right, next up is Liverpool. Uh, most notably, we've got uh, Mohamed Salah coming in. Um, Lucas Leva left to go to Lazio. Um, he was a role player there for sure, but you know Salah could be... Could be a big one. I don't think Liverpool are done by any stretch in terms of um, bringing new players in. What What do you give them? I wouldn't give them too high of a grade. I would probably give them a two. Yeah. Salah's not enough. No. And it's going to be interesting to see how he does with Mane, two cheetahs. Yep. <laughs> um, but besides that, nothing too much. No, I agree. They, there's, they, they've got to do more than, than just one big name. Next up, a team that was also discussed a lot on Instagram in terms of making a lot of big moves is Man City. So coming in, we've got Bernardo Silva, we've got Ederson, Kyle Walker, Douglas Luis, and Danilo. And then a bunch of notable players also going out, but um, let's just focus on coming in. Coming in, I think they've done a great job, especially on defense. Yes, especially on defense. Uh, defense alone, I would give them probably a 4.5. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, general team, I would give him a four. I think they've done good business. I like Bernardo Silva. Yep. And Kyle Walker, a proven right back in the league. Yeah. Had a phenomenal season last year. Yep. Uh, I think it'll be great. I agree with your assessment of the 4.5 on defense and the overall four. Um, Yeah, I mean, they don't – on offense, you know, the attacking side of their game, they don't need a ton of help. I mean, they've they've got got a lot of, you know, great players there on that side of the field. Uh, Okay, their Manchester um, rivals, Man U – Really only two players that have come in so far, Lindelof and a guy named Lukaku. Definitely haven't heard of him. No. Uh, I like the transfer of Lukaku a lot. Uh-huh. It's just when it comes, as we said before, uh, against big teams, he kind of sort of shies away. Yeah. But he does score lots of goals. Yeah. So I do like it. Lindelof, I've heard, has been was one of the best uh, center backs in Liga Nos, the Portuguese league. Uh-huh. I'm excited to see how he uh, works in the Premier League. Yeah. And it's a bit. Uh, I don't kind of don't like how we got rid of Wayne Rooney. Yeah. After being, he, he was the captain for a while, the top yeah. goal scorer. Uh, I'll probably give him about a two point five. I yeah. won't give him too high. They haven't made a whole lot of moves, and I, I think there's got to be a lot more to come from them too. It, either a lot in terms of money or a lot in terms of number of players, but more to come from Manu for sure. Next up, we have. Newcastle. We're somewhat familiar with Newcastle because they were in the league not too long ago, although not a whole lot of familiar places or faces coming in. So I think we will go ahead and uh, skip right over them. Southampton, not a whole lot other than a uh, new manager coming in um, and one other player, uh, Benderek, Bednarek, sorry, um, coming in. Not much to talk about there. Stoke. Coming in is uh, Darren Fletcher and Kurt Zuma. Those are the two uh, main ones. Any opinion on that? Not really. It's kind of just average for Stoke. Yeah. I think, what, maybe a two? Yeah, probably. Swansea City. um, Not a lot to talk about, unfortunately. Uh, For them, I would have expected maybe a little bit more um, with them bringing some folks in. And leads us to Spurs. Okay. Um, no one coming in for Spurs, as a matter of fact. Uh, most notably going out, Kyle Walker. So Spurs have been inactive, which is kind of strange. Uh, yeah, two two or three years ago, they were bringing in like 10 signings that were all pretty notable. Yeah. Uh, now, no one. In fact, I would probably give them like a one because they got rid of Kyle Walker, one of their best defenders. Yeah, I mean, or they don't even, or maybe a negative, a negative. Point five or something. I mean, I'm just, that's, uh, I would hope that they've got stuff going on. So uh, maybe they're waiting until we see them in Nashville and they're going to sign you. <laughs> Hopefully. That would be nice. You got to get that 40 million euro signing fee. Watford, not a whole lot to talk about here. Um, and West Brom, we'll, we'll go through it for Newtster. Uh, Jay Rodriguez is um, the big one coming in here. So, um, you know, knowing that they don't have a massive budget, um, maybe 2.5. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, an A for effort so far. But, you know, they could certainly, you know, if they build the right squad, they could do some damage. They finished, uh, I think, eighth last year. Yeah. Pretty decent. All right. The other team, so Everton... And this team, West Ham, were probably the two most notable just in terms of 
being aggressive and making relatively big moves, rel- big moves relative to the size of their club and the size of their budget. So coming in for West Ham, we've got Zabaleta, Joe Hart, so a couple of Manchester City former players, and then Arnautovic, which I think is a great one. So what's your grade uh, on West Ham? I would give him a, a four. Uh-huh. I really like Arnautovic. Yep. He had a good season, and also they also brought in some experience yep. with Joe Hart. As much as I know you don't like him very much, yeah, but he's he's a pretty good keeper. Yeah, uh, he's he played for the national team for a while, and he's proven. Yeah, and also Zabaleta, a really underrated uh, right back in my opinion. Yeah. And then also they could sign Chicharito. That's right. That's one that hasn't shown up yet on the list. But yes, that's another one. That's a good point. So I I really like what uh, West Ham are doing. Yeah, I do too. So uh, what did you give them? A four? Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Maybe even a I'll even go four and a quarter for them. So okay. um, good on West Ham so far. Last uh, bit of transfer talk that we'll do is the one football article that we mentioned about um, current day transfer fees. So um, if you want to check it out, you might already have the One Football app, or you can just go to en, as in Edward uh, Nicholas, dot onefootball.com, and you'll see that on their homepage. Um, but we'll go, so the way that it's like, gosh, how many, a hundred? Yeah, a hundred players, um, so too long to go through, but it's um, it's arranged where it goes from highest current day transfer fee to lowest. So I'm able to just go through some of the highest notable names. So uh, Shevchenko, who transferred uh, to Chelsea back in the 06-07 season, 137 million pounds would be his current day transfer fee. Uh, he also pretty much a flop when he went to Chelsea. So yep. if they paid for him right now. Yep. One of the biggest flops in history. Maybe even more than Pogba. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, two former Man U teammates, uh, Wayne Rooney and Rio Ferdinand. Uh, Rooney made the move in the 04-05 season. Ferdinand did it in the 02-03 season. Both in the 136 million pound range. And both, I would say, were pretty successful. They were both, <clears throat> uh, for the well, for the this price, even that. Like, if they transferred now, the, I was worth it, I would yep. say. Yep, um, We've got Didier Drogba, who transferred over to Chelsea in 0405 season, $121 million. Yeah, pretty decent. I think he worked out pretty well for them. Yeah. yeah. Alan Shearer made the move to Newcastle in the 96-97 season. He's uh, at, 100, at $111 million. Uh Completely worth it. It's Alan Shearer. But my favorite of all was mm-hmm. uh, Fernando Torres for $119 million to Chelsea in 2010-11. Yep. Those are current day. And some of these on the list um, are actually – have just happened. So, for instance, just I think to put some perspective to it, uh, you've got Lukaku at a $90 million uh, pound transfer fee from Man U. So it just sort of I think is neat to see – who would be, if they were to transfer today, uh, what that amount would be above and below him. So, again, you can go to the One Football app or their website to check out the entire list. And then lastly, um, we are posting a lot of uh, Fantasy Premier League content up on um, the Let's Talk Soccer 
Instagram page. So please be sure to keep going there. Uh, next weekend, we're going to have a lot, a lot of information for you. We're going to post some uh, potential squads and things to look for. And we'll also post information regarding our various leagues. There'll be private leagues. We'll post the codes and all that good stuff to get in. So um, as always, guys, we appreciate uh, you listening to the podcast and all your activity with us on social media, especially on Instagram. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so that you can just get the automatic download each week. And please tell your friends about it because sharing is care. Oh, yes, it is. All right, guys. Until next time, we say peace. Peace. Goodbye.